0: Joy, the joy of the Lord in my heart. I need to make an exchange. Mm-hmm. My day even start, let your light shine All through, my life. through my life. My heart is open and I am ready to receive your joy. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Moments of Joy Podcast. My name is Camille Joy, and I am your host. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. If this is your very first time, I'm so excited that you chose to come here and experience the joy. If you are a return listener, welcome back. I'm so excited about this week's episode. Today, we will have the interview of our very first guest. Her name is Margaret Green. If you are a first-timer here on the Moments of Joy podcast, my goal is to encourage, uplift, and motivate people who are trying to regroup and rebuild after traumatic situations in life. You're trying to find the joy again after life has hit you. Many of us have been here before, and especially this week's podcast host, my co host for today. Her name is Margaret Green, and she's all the way from St. Louis, Missouri. Her story was featured on the 700 Club. Her website is I Am Kingdom Created, and I am so excited to have her today. I'm not really going to. Hold back too long. Um, I want to encourage you guys to go and review our podcast on the Apple Podcast Forum. If you guys can, if you guys are enjoying the episode, just leave a review. That helps people to be able to find us, um, you know, just like you have. Maybe you found us on social media, but by you leaving a review, you'd be able to help someone else find your favorite podcast. If you are a stickler for sound quality, please excuse me ahead of time. As we record on different apps, it may not be as clear as you're used to hearing, but enjoy. Without further ado, here is the episode.
1: Welcome. Hi, Margaret. How are you? Hi, Camille. How are you? I'm doing well. We are so excited and honored that you would join us today on the Moments of Joy podcast. I have been talking about my first guest coming on for quite some time to my listeners. Um, So here is the gem that we have been holding back. And now she is released here to you guys, Margaret Green. (laughs) Hi, everyone yes now i saw your story on the 700 club and i was totally blown away by the many levels of deliverance and healing restoration and just new life that god showed through through your testimony just all in one person all wrapped up in one person it was just so mighty i was blown away and i and i related a little bit to your story because, um, I won't, I won't give a spoiler, but I related a little bit to your story <laughs> myself. So, so I, so I said, I'm going to take a shot and I'm going to ask her to come on and you accepted humbly. And I thank God for you.
2: Amen. Amen. Truly. It's an honor, um, to be invited, imbi- invited on your show and, Because you're such an inspiration to women everywhere, you know, you have no idea those that are watching, you know, and those that are listening to your podcast, you know, that are, that are inspired to just go, to move forward in life. And so I'm just,
1: I just thank God for you. Thank you so much. So we're going to just get right into the interview and um, just introduce the guest to Margaret Green. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal speaker. She is a best-selling author. She is a woman of God. She is a wife. She is a mother. She is a voice to the brokenhearted that God has just anointed to deliver his women. And um, today we are just going to release her. So um, I just want you to share a little bit to get started and give a little background on who you are and what God has done in your life. Share a little bit about your childhood. I saw that you were um, from a broken family, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I will let you um, speak a little bit about that.
2: Oh, absolutely. So growing up, uh, my mother, she left when I was really young. Um, My father was very abusive. He He was an alcoholic. And so um, I experienced a lot of abuse uh, because, of the, because of my father being such an alcoholic and, uh, and being so angry just at life. Um, he was dealing with some hurt and some issues, and we know that hurt people hurt people, and sometimes though the hurt, the hurt people are the children, you know, and so uh, my father, you know, a lot of abuse. Um, I was molested by my uncle's. And so I really just didn't have any self-worth, you know, I, I, I grew up believing that uh, I was not supposed to be here, that the Lord didn't love me, that the Lord didn't have a purpose for me. Uh, at eight years old, uh, I tried to commit suicide because I felt like wow. you know, life was just better without me. And so uh, the Lord brought me back. Uh, after a drug overdose because that's what I did I overdosed on Mm
1: -hmm.
2: uh, drugs that my father would keep in the house Mm -hmm. and so the Lord brought me back from that and um, you know I always questioned you know Lord why did you know why did you bring me back to such a world that was just dark and such a place of just deep sadness and anger and so um, I would always wonder why uh, why, why me? Right. So at 12 years old, you know, uh, after hearing about who Jesus was, you know, I got excited and I said, okay, here, here's a man that everyone talks about that can save you, that can deliver you, that will love you in spite of. And so I told myself, I said, you know, I want to, I want to experience that love that everyone's talking about, you know? And so at 12 years old, I gave my life to the Lord and, you know, praising God, speaking in tongues and everything. And, and all of a sudden the way that I felt like God should have shown up, he didn't show up. Mm -hmm. So I felt like at that moment, everyone lied. I felt like, okay, there, you know, God doesn't really exist because he did not save me from this horrible situation that I am, that I'm in. And so Mm -hmm. from that point, you know, um, I went to a girl's home you know, my anger got really bad. The behavior got, you know, really bad. And, um, I was in and out of girls' homes and I had my first child at 14. And from that, uh, I was in and out of shelters, you know, my, my family said, Hey, you know, we really just can't deal with you because you're going through, you're going through so much. And so as much as I wanted to be around family, and as much as I wanted to tell everyone, Hey, I'm hurting. And, there are things that are, you know, things that are going on with me. I just felt, you know, like no one could help me. Not even God at this point because he didn't show (laughs) up on the horse. You know, he, he, he wasn't, he didn't come as the knight in shining armor, you know, right. You know what I pictured. And so I started to date older guys, get you know, I was in abusive relationships uh, from then. And then, you know, from there I started uh, at 16, 17 years old, I started stripping because by this time I've already had two, two kids going on three. Uh, I started stripping at I'm, 16. Yes. At 16. Wow. I'm already pregnant with my second. And so, um, wow. I'm, I'm stripping. So wait. Yes. When did you have your first child? So I had my first child at 15. So I got pregnant okay. at 14 and I had him
1: at 15. Okay.
2: So yeah, so here
1: I'm, you are 16 pregnant again,
2: pregnant again.
1: Yes. Wow.
2: And so uh, with nowhere to live, uh, I got kicked Mm -hmm. out. I got kicked out of the home, the girl's home that I was in. And so with nowhere to live, I'm now I'm on the streets and I'm trying to make a living or trying to survive for me and my my son, uh, the one that I already had. Right. Life is just really tough. And so uh And you had no family
1: around now at this point.
2: No, no family around at this point. And so I'm I'm really just kind of just 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 existing. I'm I'm not living, but I'm just existing and I'm now trying to exist for the only thing that mattered at that time, and that was my son. And so um pregnant again, 16. Now I'm I'm stripping, um I'm selling drugs, um, I'm stealing to eat. You know, um, and I and my and and I'm asking the Lord the whole time, you know, just take me away from here, just 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 take me, you know. I am pretty sure there's somebody uh, that will take care of my kids, you know. Just take me because I'm I'm not fit enough to be, I'm not fit enough, and I'm not I'm not good enough to be a parent, or just to be just to be here, and so. Uh, I would always hear my father's voice uh, in the back of my mind because my father would always say, "You know, you're clumsy. You know, you'll never be anything in life, and you know, you're yeah. ugly." And you know, he would take his his, his foot. Mm. Sometimes he'll call me into the room and uh, and he'll say, "Margaret," and um, and if I didn't answer, he'll say words that he'll call me a name.
0: You know,
2: mm. I won't say what that name is, but he'll call me a name mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll come into the room and he'll say take my socks off you know and mm-hmm. when I would get down to take his socks off he would kick me in the face wow and so wow. these are the things I would you know I I, I would constantly re- replay in my mind you know this is mm-hmm. this, this is this is this is how this is you know I'm only good enough for this I'm only good enough mm-hmm. for abuse you know and um absolutely so I would, so these are the things that haunted me daily. You know, you're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. So know. this was
1: your childhood. This was no, my childhood. No loving home. No nice Christmas time. No, no nurturing.
2: There was no nurturing at all. Uh, and let me, So let me go back to the home I, I, I lived in. So and it's in my full story in my second book, The Ugly Her is Beautiful in the home we lived in it was like a two-bedroom home it was about 10 people that that oh lived in, God. that lived in this house and the house was actually condemned by the city no one was supposed to live there because of the conditions that it was in there was no running water there was no um no uh heat you know we we warmed ourselves with a little kerosene heater that we would plug up and um me and my sister which was which? My mom, when she left, it was just me and her. We we slept in this bunk bed uh, in the dining room. My father slept in the living room, where you could hear every. You could hear my father when he would bring home prostitutes, and you know, you, wow. could, you could hear my father beating them in the in the next room because there was no door, you know. And we either, mm. you know, we would just kind of hold, you know, hold each other, you know, because we we would be that afraid. Mm. That that we that we would be next, and right. so,
1: um,
2: in this dining room where we slept, it doubled as a bathroom because the, you know there was no bathroom either. Right. So That's we 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 would use the bathroom in these little buckets, and these buckets that we use the bathroom, we would have to also use them as water buckets when we went outside. I mean, it was just the conditions were really bad. The water, and when we did get water we would have to fill the water, fill water buckets up and put them on the counter. Now the house, it was infested with roaches and it had, it had so many rats. And so we would have wow. to try okay. to get to the water and drink it before, before it became infested. So there were times yeah. when we would have to uh double the, the drinking water or a ration, the drinking water for bath, you know, to take wash ups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. um you know, it was wow. really tough, and there were days we couldn't yeah. go to school um, because we, yeah. you know, we, because of the abuse and because mm-hmm. of some, even sometimes not being able to bathe. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And so these and are. So the, what happened um, to remove you from being with your dad? Was it your behavior? So
2: what? So one day, um, so after I had tried to commit suicide. Um, my mother, I had never seen her, but, you know, I, I had never seen her at this point, but I heard her voice. And so she came to the hospital and she said, uh, she said, Margaret, I'm so sorry, you know, for all the things that you had to endure. And she says, I'm I'm, I'm going to come get you. Well, my father had gotten wind that my mother had been to the hospital and he discharged me from the hospital early. Mm. So he he took us over to the 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 men who who was sexually molesting uh, me and my sister, and my mother had gotten wind where we were, and mm-hmm. so uh, one day when she made a call, found out that my father wasn't around, and she stole us. I didn't mind you. I didn't even know who she was. I only knew her right. voice, right? And so she pulled up and she said she called my name, and I looked. And I said, I know her voice, but I don't know who this. I don't know who. I don't know who, the, who this woman is. And right. um, my my sister said, Margaret, don't go with don't go with her. And mm-hmm. I said, I and I looked at my sister and I said, I believe that's mom. I said, I know her voice. And so I said, and I'm going with her. So mm-hmm. I I jumped up and I ran as fast as I could to her. And um, and I was like, Mom, and she's like, Yes, it's me. And I just hugged her and I just embraced her. And I just, in, in, in that moment, I was like, Lord, you know, you're, you know, you're real, I think. <laughs> it was more so mm-hmm. like, i real, I think. And so yeah. my sister was like, if you're going, I'm going. I don't know if she's mom or not, but I trust you that much that I'm going to go with you. And so my sister ran and got in the car and, and yes, it was her mother. And of course, my my father had found out. And, um, he came and he took us from the school that we were in, um, that he was so angry and he blamed me, my father, and, and, and it's more, to, it's a lot more, to the, it's a lot, it's a mm-hmm. lot so more to the story. Uh, but he, he blamed me for, for my mom coming. And, um, uh, because of the, because my mom came and found out where we were with my dad after, uh, stealing us or kidnapping us from the school he took a pair of weed whackers and he, he, cause I had very long hair. He took the weed whackers and he cut all of my hair off with a pair of weed whackers wow.
1: that I, as punishment
2: wow. for my mother. Oh
1: my goodness. And, wow.
2: and the only thing I could ask was, you know, you know, why? And so oh even, God it even started to put a wedge between me and my sister because my father favored my sister a little more so than he did. I, because I was, I was more bright skinned than my sister. You know, my Uh father would always say, you know, you're not even my daughter, you know, you're another man's daughter or you are, you are a white man's daughter, you know, you're, Uh you're not mine. And so it, you know, it didn't help too that. My, you know, of course on my mother's side, you know, we do, you know, we we were multicultural anyway and right um but i was abused because of it you know because right. i favored more of my the multicultural multicultural side than my sister and so um he would he would call us in the living room and then he'll he'll say hit her he'll tell my sister punch her in the face and if my sister um, refused then she would get it so she would have right. to beat me in front of my father to satisfy mm-hmm whatever anger and whatever hurt he had towards my mother
1: and so this is amazing and we are only in your childhood yes i am blown away because none of this is on the recording of the 700 club no i am blown away okay you can continue yes yeah wow so so because of that then then the child services got involved so that's the thing
2: my father worked for the police department
1: get out of here yes get out. yes <laughs>
2: wow and so wow. The, seven, the the city of uh I, I don't know if i should say which department. right okay so but uh, he, he was a police officer he 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 worked for the police uh the you know the police office or police station, and um, I could never understand why he was allowed to get away with what he was doing. And, um, but, the, but that's the that's the thing that haunted me growing up is everything mm-hmm. that he would say to me, everything that he would do to me. I mean, he killed me. I died to me at eight years old. Right. You know, right. I I came right. back physically from the drug overdose I came back physically but mentally I died you know right you know to me there was nothing else left you know but 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 an outer core and and so an outer core trying to find now Mm -hmm. you know who she was Mm -hmm. and um speeding up and getting you know um getting um introduced to um Homosexuality and different things like that. Right. Um, I developed a, a hatred for men. You know, I. Right. Uh, but right. you know, I was very young. I was molested Which by
1: understandable. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Well, I was right. at ten. I was at ten. I was molested by an older cousin. She she was sixteen. And so, but she, you know, and I was told, "Hey, don't don't you ever say anything about this." But you know, I was used to that. You know, I was used right. to not, you know, keeping quiet and not saying right. anything about the things that was, you know, happening to me in my life. And so it was mm-hmm. more so like, well, this is what's supposed this is this is normal. This this uh-huh. abuse had become my normal. Jesus. And so I needed God to make his normal
1: my normal. Uh-huh. And so,
2: because my normal
1: that's an incredible amount of just abuse and trauma for a child to to have to endure. Mm-hmm. That is so much. Mm-hmm. So much. So it, it's just a miracle that, that you're standing here today in your right mind. God okay. is just so good.
2: Oh, he is. He is, he is so amazing. Yes.
1: So then you find yourself at 16, having, you know, getting ready to have your second child mm-hmm. and continuing to uh, make bad decisions. I, I saw on the 700 Club that uh, by the time you reached 21, even that you had four children. Yes. So when did you have your fourth child? So I was 19
2: when I had my fourth child.
0: I was
2: was homeless and I was in the Salvation Army and there was a woman that came over to me. And and this is how I knew the Lord was, because every now and then I would check, you know, I had started praying. I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm here. It's Margaret. You know, I know that I'm probably in a place of um, where you are not able to retrieve me. I know I'm probably in a place where you're not able to reach and grab me, but just in case you are, I need you today. Right. I need you. And okay. that, and that, and that, and that was me checking to see, uh, Lord, you know, I know that I'm hurting right now. And I know that life just seems like it's, it, it, it's just not for me. It's to me is it's better if I just leave here, but if you so choose, or if you have a plan for me, you know, help Mm -hmm. me. And that was Mm -hmm. just it. It was no long prayers. It was no, you know, it was just help me. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to feel your love. Love me. Like I need to feel that you're with me. And so I remember at 19, the Lord speaking to me, real real loud and clear and the words and they were very simple words and he said I'm going to keep you and that was mm-hmm. the very first time that I've ever heard God's voice audibly. Now mind you uh I got saved when I was twelve speaking in tongues. I was having visions I was having dreams they like, everything seemed like everything everything really seemed crazy mm-hmm. but I still didn't grasp who God was you know it was more so right he still isn't here regardless of the dreams and visions you know I could prophetically I could see I didn't understand any of that As a matter of fact mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to understand any of that and so uh I remember being at the shelter and this woman who uh was rehabbing she was a crack addict and she looked at me and she said you don't belong here." She said, you don't belong, you don't belong here with us. And I looked and, and I, and I said, I don't understand, you know, what do you mean? And so she said, you don't belong here. She said, there is a calling on your life. She said, the Lord really has his hand on you and he really loves you. And I mean, and she ministered to me. And of course, from the, the least likely person, you know, mm-hmm. that I, I would think that would have a word from the Lord for me. Yes, And so, the Lord said that, you know, you only heard about my power, but she knows about my power. Yes, yeah, she's, wow. she's in a situation of choices that she made, but she knows about my power and she knows what I'm able to do. And mm-hmm. she told me, she said, I'm going to take you outside every day and I'm going to pray with you until the Lord moves on your behalf, until he fi- until he finds you a home, until he blesses you with a home. And, and so she took me outside every day, even against my will sometimes, because there were just times I just didn't want to pray. You know, I'm like, why am I, why am I praying? This is not going to change. You know, I'm still in an abusive relationship with a, with a man twice my age, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. he's
1: close to, Mm -hmm. you
2: know, 40, you know, 40 years old. Uh, Well, that's more than twice my age, but yes. So I'm 19 years old. I was
1: in the same place that happens to us.
2: Yep. And it happens. And here mm-hmm. I am, I'm in the shelter and I was only good enough for him uh, to have relations, to have relations mm-hmm. with. That's all I was wow. good for. You know, I wasn't good wow. enough for him to take me and say, hey, let me put you in a place or, hey, let me help you. No. Right. And then when I did get a job, you know, he would take the money that I had mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. say, hey, I get your paycheck. You only get right. what I give you. And sometimes that would be $7, sometimes, you know, $10, you know, but that was all I would get for me, you know? And so, but I allowed this to happen because this is something I, I I felt like, you know, I, you know, I was only good for. Uh And so um, she prayed, she, she began to pray, pray with me, pray for me. And, um, as, as she began to pray for me, I felt the power and love of God, like I've never felt before. And, um, I would feel his arms around me, even though I was in that place, even though I was homeless and I didn't have anywhere to go, you know, mm-hmm. I felt his love and I was just like, Lord, okay, you're, you're here, you know, but it was almost like, okay, I need, I need a little bit more convincing. And, yeah. and so. The Lord did bless me. He blessed me with a place to go, and okay. he blessed me with an apartment. I was able to move in. I was like, I was so thankful. But for some reason, that all of that went out the door. All mm. of all of that went out the door. Mm-hmm. I start back. I went back to uh, stripping, selling drugs, and everything because it was more so now. Yes, I sought the love of God, but you know, you still needed healing. I still needed healing. I I was yes. still suffering from all the emotional abuse all the physical abuse everything would just replay and rerun over and over in my mind Mm -hmm. and it was like okay lord i'm good enough and you're good enough for me to love you and you're good enough to love me but lord i'm not worthy enough to serve you i'm not worthy Mm -hmm. enough to be in your presence
1: yeah
2: And, and so uh with not being worthy enough it just sent me right back to what i used to do you know, the abusive relationships and everything. And so mm. um, I was one night, I was invited to, and this is the turning point for me. Uh, one night I was invited to go to a party and not knowing that I was being set up by another young lady that really didn't care for me. And and that night as I was leaving the house, um, I heard the Lord again. He said, you know, don't, don't go, stay in the house. Uh-huh. And and I turned around. I was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> and and my yeah. a, the, another young lady that was there with me. Um, I asked her, "I'm like, did you hear that?" And she was like, "Hear what?" I'm like, um, "I don't think we're supposed to go," you know. And uh-huh. so she's uh-huh. like, "Well, I really want to go, Margaret. Can we go to this party?" Right. And so there was such a deep warring in my spirit at this time. And I didn't understand what it was that was really pulling me. And I said, Uh man, I don't know what this is. I I don't know. I said, but I'm going to push past it and I'm going to go anyway. Okay. And so, and that, and that was me just stubborn will being headed and just,
1: uh, uh,
2: giving into what I wanted to do at the time, not realizing this would be the night that, uh, I would almost lose my life. Wow. It, and so, um, you know, we, my, the young, my, the friend of mine who I didn't know, like I said at this time, I did not know that uh, she didn't, she, she, she was setting me up. She had set me up she to be. She wasn't your
1: friend. She wasn't wow. my friend
2: at all. And I, I had no idea. Um, and so, cause at that time, you know, anyone who wanted to be around me, you know, I just wanted to be accepted. So it didn't matter if you right. used me if you abuse me I just want it to be accepted and if that's what it took then that's what sure. it took and so right. um, she said hey I'm going to send uh two of my friends to come and pick you up and they you know they should be there and I said oh, okay great and so I had this tug and I was like lord I don't know what this is but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go anyway and then besides okay. my friend that's here with me she wants to go and so right. the guys say, come, they pick us up. I kind of, I kind of knew one of the guys, but I did not know the other guy at all. I knew he was married because I kind of looked at his finger. I'm like, oh, he's married, you know? And right. so they were both older. Of course, they were about, I think they were like in their thirties, uh, forties. Well, one, I think, I know one was in their his late forties and the other was in his late thirties at the time. And so, wow. So here we are, we're supposed to be going to this, this house party and uh, we're on our way and they pull into, um, uh, um, the chain of rocks river. And that's one of the rivers, uh, it's off a back street. And I'm like, why, you know, why are we here at the river? And he says, Hey, Hey, let's just stop. We want to get some drinks and we want to, and I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, okay. Um, I that's okay. That's fine. They just want to get okay. drinks. And so um, I started to feel really sick. And I said, hey, I have to use the bathroom. And so right. they were like, um, okay, she had, Okay, you have to use the bathroom. I'm like, yes, please, please, I have to use the bathroom. So I kind of really begged to go to the bathroom until they're like, you know what, let's just go ahead and leave. And so we left the river and we we pulled up to... Uh, a place in—I'm um, not for sure if you're familiar with St. Louis, um, the city of St. Louis—but no. it was very, a Mabby. very, very bad area. Very a uh, lot of uh, vacant buildings and stuff. And in my uh-huh. mind, I'm wondering why are we here? Mm-hmm. You know, where is the party? You know, that we were supposed to go to. And mm-hmm. so they were like, "Hey, no, the party's in here." So we pull up to this duplex, and all the—I'm looking at all these vacant buildings. Um, and it's late at night and now I'm afraid and, you know, I'm like, okay, something's not right. Right. And so my friend's like, Hey, Margaret, I really have to use the bathroom. And so, and she's like, I really have to go to the bathroom. Can I, can I go? And so the man was like, one of the guys was like, well, yeah, here we're at the house now. The the party started, it's inside. So they go inside and I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to just stay here. And Uh so about 20 minutes passed and my friend, she never came. She didn't come out the house. Okay. And so I'm waiting and I'm like, okay, you know, something's wrong. And so the other guy, uh, by this time, they're both both in the house and I'm the only one in the car. And so I'm like, well, I need to go and check on her.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so I get out the car and I knock on, knock on a door, a gentleman answers the door and he says, oh yeah, you know, you, oh yeah, come in. And, uh, and so I didn't hear any music. I didn't, you know, hear anything. And I'm, and so I said, well, is this where, is this where the party is? is this, this? And that's so how I started asking about different, you know, the names and stuff in my friends. And I'm like, oh, they were like, oh yeah, she's, you know, she's in, she's back there. And mm-hmm. so the guy, and when I walked in, the older the older man was had my friend on the ground, and he was raping her, and he looked oh, wow. at me, and he said, "When I'm done with her, you're next." Wow. wow. And so um, he did. You know, of course, he did what he he wanted to do. You mm-hmm. know, after after they were done, uh, they threw us in the car. And they began to discuss how they were going to murder us. Wow. And as they began circling, they were circling the bake. They were just circling one block. And they mm-hmm. were going back and forth saying, man, what are we going to do with them? Where, do we, what, where are we going to take them? And so as I'm, as I'm crying, all I could think about is what the Lord had spoke to me. Uh-huh. and if for some words for some reason his words just kept resonating i'm going to keep you and then mm-hmm. you know wow. I, when i began to call on his name so i just started calling jesus real loud uh-huh. just jesus real loud just jesus jesus and, yes. he, and he said he can't hear you he is not here he can't hear you be quiet uh-huh. So the man began to punch me in the back of the head, and I mean, and he was just punching me so hard. But the harder he punched me in the back of the head, the harder uh-huh. I called on the name of Jesus. And wow! So he took my hair and he wrapped my hair in his hands, and he began to slam my face into the console of the car—that the uh, the armrest there. Uh huh. He was slamming my face down in that, and. It didn't matter how much I bled. It didn't matter how much I hurt. You know, right? I understood you. You already took something from me that you That's was right. not supposed to take. But uh-huh. today you're not going to have my life because now my life belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you yes. can't have it because oh he didn't God. say you could have it. And yes. so,
1: oh, my God,
2: I begin to continue calling on the name Jesus. And so, as I began to call on the name Jesus, I felt like such a liberation. And as I began to feel this liberation, you know, I couldn't really hear them any longer. It, you know, it was kind of like silence. And all I all I knew was that my Savior was coming. My yes. Savior is coming to save yes. me.
1: And so, yes. before we knew it, they threw us out the car. Jesus. Wow. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. Wow, and that was it for you, huh? <laughs> that was. <laughs> that was.
2: That was my turning point. You <laughs> Thank know? you, Jesus.
1: Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> well, what? But what an amazing! What a powerful! testimony of him coming through because at that point you couldn't deny his saving power anymore i could not deny it i could not you couldn't question whether he was there or not not at all not at and all. because of you that other young lady's life was saved yes yes wow god is good god is amazing he will use whatever situation he needs to to bring us to him so that he can get the glory Oh yeah, oh yeah. And now here you are. And now sharing,
2: here <laughs> Okay, sharing
1: about how God brought you through. I mean, God is amazing and he is a restoring God. So here you are today. You are a married woman. Yes. Has totally surrendered your life to God. Um, and you are an author.
0: Yes. So,
1: um, you, if you would like to, you can just talk to us a little bit about the, uh, you meeting your husband in, in the last few years of your life.
2: So I met my husband about 10 years ago at a revival. I mean, it was, it was so amazing and, um, he was just, I mean, he was everything I needed. And, you know, we were, we, we clicked. It's like the Lord knew what he was doing. And, you know, I was on fire for the Lord, you know, and I was ministering and, you know, he, you know, ministering in the church, you know, an elder, a very powerful man of God, a prophet, you know, um, he has an amazing testimony and I was actually at a service where I was listening to his testimony he had just he was paralyzed. My husband, he was paralyzed. Told wow. told he would never walk again. Wow. And so of course he's walking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: Oh, Lord, I said you I said, Lord, you got him out of that wheelchair for me.
1: <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. I mean, God is just so dope with that. <laughs> Under my feet right now, God is so good. <laughs> like he handcrafted you guys just for each other. Yes. I'm gonna give you a powerful testimony, and I'm gonna give you a powerful testimony. Absolutely. Wow. And you know what? It, it didn't matter where you came from to him. No. Obviously, it none of that mattered. How many children you had did not matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. And you know, because I you know, I told him up
2: front, I'm like, hey. This is what this is where I came from these are the things that I've been through and this is how God has delivered me this is how the Lord is using me and this is you know and I give God glory you know every day all day and um and 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 and, and, and I just love them and 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 so if you're willing yeah. to love me the way God loves me then I'm on board with you, you know? that's right because I know the other side I know what it feels like to uh not be loved I know what it feels like right You know, for someone to not accept you, you know, as you are, Mm -hmm. you know, I know, I know Mm -hmm. about all of that, and so you Mm -hmm. know, he was like, "Yes," he said, "Girl, you know," he said, "The Lord told me you were you were my wife," and I'm like, "Oh, oh, he told you that because he told me that you were my husband," (laughs) (laughs) and y'all said, "Let's go, here we go, God." That was two years ago, and so uh, I'm excited you know, uh, about what the Lord is doing in our ministry. Mm-hmm. But I really believe that our ministry really, our ministry and, I, and the love for one another really, really, really took off. Um, about um, two years ago, um, mm-hmm. I was one day, you know, we, you know, you have to go get your, your uh, stay, stay up to date on your health. Because, you know, when you're doing ministry, you know, ministry, is not just Praying and fasting and reading the word—it's about your physical body too, because God can't right. use you with a broke-down body. Okay, so right, you got to make right. sure you stay up on, you know, your health and different things like that, because ministry can be draining. And so, mm-hmm. um, I made I make sure I go get a physical every year. You know, I'm up to date on everything. And this particular time, you know, I went to the doctor's office and I feel it. You know having some intermittent pain, and I'm just like, oh, it's okay. We'll just pray because at that time, the Lord was using both me and my husband in the ministry of healing. You know, we would yeah. pray, and people get healed and everything, so uh-huh. I'm thinking, I'll just lay hands on this pain, and it'll just go away. Uh-huh. And I was laying hands on that pain, but it wasn't going away. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, Lord. So wasn't it wasn't that simple for it, you that it, time. It wasn't that simple. And by this time, you know, I was I I was on I was on television, had a talk show, you know, just doing really well. Um, And so the Lord would just every now and then he he kept saying, I need to talk to you. I need to I need to speak with you. There's something I need to tell you. And I'm thinking, Lord, I pray to you every day. You know, I talk to you every day. What, what is it outside of? what I'm already praying about that you need right. to tell me or that you need to get to me. And so, uh, I continue praying about, you know, praying for other, other people, you know, every, you know, just continue with ministry. And so I know the Lord said, okay, I need your attention and now I'm going to get it. Mm. I went to the doctor's office and, um, They said, hey, I think you may have appendicitis. Let's check it out. Uh, You know, worst, worst, we'll do surgery. You'll be okay. You know, I said, okay. And so they came back and I think it was about uh, the doctor and the head doctor all came into the room and they said, we have something to tell you. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And they said, you have a an abdominal aortic aneurysm and it's dissecting. And I said, Okay, I don't understand what that means.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they said you have one of the worst aneurysms that a person could possibly have. Wow. You have a bulge in the main artery in your body that supplies blood to, you know, every major organ. I guess it was wow. your 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 brain, your heart and your 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 lower extremities so you uh-huh. have a you have a an aneurysm there and this is the thing it's dissecting meaning there's also there's not only just the bulge but you also it's torn oh wow. and i'm and i was like what and so um they said we need to get you to a vascular a vascular surgeon as soon as possible and so um we try to find you know we we're looking around for a vascular surgeon. And so um, they call me and they say, hey, we need you to get back. You know, we need you to get to a hospital. They said, we're looking, we're looking at your, your CAT scan as well. You have multiple blood clots in both your lungs and one next to your heart as well.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: And so I said. So not
1: only did you have that. Yes. The aneurysm, you had blood clots.
2: Yes. So I get to the hospital and they said, now this is the problem. If we repair the aneurysm, you'll die of the blood clots. Mm. If we remove this aneurysm or try to treat it, you'll die you the the aneurysm corrupts you Wow. And you'll die. Wow. So you're in God. Yeah. So you are in God's hands because we can't do anything wow. with you right now. Because you know, blood thinners, the problem with blood thinners and that clot buster is that you know it it dings your blood and it makes you bleed out with an aneurysm you bleed out and so they right. say What well, we have to treat you with is going to kill you either and I, way. either way and Why? so i'm sitting there in the hospital and i said lord <laughs> what what is it that you need to tell me Right. And he said, Margaret, I'm going to use what was meant to kill you to heal you.
1: Mm. Wow.
2: And I cried so hard in the hospital. cried. Mm-hmm. I cried. Mm-hmm. And so what the Lord revealed to me was that the health issues that I was having was connected to my heart. He right. said that I had so much unforgiveness in my heart that I had become numb over the years. He said, you know, I never forgave my father. I didn't forgive yes. those who molested me. I didn't forgive my wow. mother. I didn't forgive uh-huh. those that abused me. He said, what I did was, I it numbed. He said, so you have been working and doing ministry over a numbed, broken, unforgib- uh, wow. uh, uh, unforgiven heart. And wow. he says, I cannot continue to use you this way.
0: Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. because you're
2: dying a slow death because you have wow. so much unforgiveness
1: in your heart. Wow. Now that that's that's why it's so important to just have a relationship with him and and learn to recognize his voice mm mm-hmm. because then ultimately he like that saved your life yes hearing it from him yes so that, what do you want what do I need to do
2: oh yeah I mean and, and so it it really threw me because I'm thinking wait a minute, Lord, did not, and the scripture came back, Lord did not, at the end, you know, when those that said, Lord, did not prophesy in your name, did not do signs, miracle, and wonders, and, you know, do all of these great things in your name, and the Lord uh-huh. said, get away from me, for I knew you not. And he said, right. you don't want to be the one at the end where I'm saying I knew you not because of all this unforgiveness in your heart. That's right, that's right. And so from that time, I was hospitalized 28 times.
1: Oh my goodness! For these issues,
2: yes, I was told that. I oh had my it. goodness! I was told my husband was told we went. We. we I don't know if you heard of the Mayo Clinic, but we 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 had to go oh. to the Mayo Clinic. It's where actually we found out that's where the president the president gets his physicals on the thirteenth floor. Wow! So they sent my me goodness. there because my <laughs> <laughs> my case was so rare. They oh they, my <laughs> goodness! They sent me because they sent me to the Mayo Clinic. And so uh, Mayo, when we got there, uh, there was a doctor there that told my husband, he said, listen, you need to cherish every moment you have with your wife. He said, because any, she could go any day now and there's really nothing we can do because of the blood thinners and everything that she's on, We we won't be able to save her. Right. And so they told us uh you all need to move within 5 minutes of a trauma a, a trauma one hospital. And I said, "We, Lord, we can't just pick up our life and move." Right. You, you know. And then they're saying, uh-huh. well, you I only have a 5% chance that I would survive anyway." So, Ugh. picking up our life and move within 5 or 10 minutes of this trauma one hospital only for a 5% chance of for you're going to die anyway. Yes.
1: Wow.
2: So I said, Lord, no, (laughs) I can't. I can't receive this. I can't accept that. I know what you said to me, and so and I can only
1: believe that takes uh, amazing strength. That response takes knowing your God, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people would just cry. They would get their family together. They would soak in that moment, and they would accept that they're gonna die. Camille. You have no idea.
2: My family thought I was going to die. Did you know they? Wow. I came home from the hospital and they had prepared food and everything. Like they had like this celebrate. It was almost like a celebration of life gathering. I'm like, wait a minute. I am not dead yet. Oh, and no, I, that's and right. I'm not dying anytime soon. And so I, I was a little offended by it. Yes. <laughs> and my husband was like, it's okay. You know, he says, you know what the enemy does, the enemy prepares for your death. But he doesn't understand Mm -hmm. that what God has anointed to live shall shall live. So oh come on. yes. So (laughs) (laughs) so I told everybody, listen, I've been anointed to live. I have purpose on my life. There's God has a promise, and where there's a promise, there's life. And so I have to depend on the promise of God that He spoke concerning my life. And so regardless of what the doctor is saying. You know, and I understand what it looks like, but what it looks like ain't what it is. And uh-huh. so uh I began to forgive. I began to, I mean, just really pour out and say, Lord, you know, take this unforgiveness from my heart. And I will call out names. This person, mm-hmm. that person, this is what they did, this, that, all of this. Take it, you know, every place that's been numbed. And so, um, and and when he unnumbed it. Oh my God, it was so much hurt. Mm. You know, I began to cry and I began to, I mean, it was almost like I was being rehabbed. You know, I was shaking. wow, Cause of all the hurt and pain and rejection and the abandonment that was in my heart. And yes. so, um, I mean, and the Lord, I mean, he lifted it, Camille. I mean, when I say yes. he did such a spiritual surgery on me, and so and I even had to forgive myself, you know. Uh-huh. Um and 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 I had to dismantle every word that I thought about myself then and, I, and dismantle every word that I spoke over my life. Didn't even realize at that time I was speaking word curses when I was telling myself you're no good. You're you will never, you know, do anything with your life. You're stupid or all of these things that I spoke over my own life. I had to dismantle those things with the word of God. And begin to decree and declare life over myself, you know, life over my body, mm-hmm. life over my health and uh even life over my marriage. And so. Mm-hmm. After doing that, uh about I would say we were three months in after doing that and I just said, Lord, I'm just going to do your will, you know, regardless. No, I'm not healed yet. And this was my this was my lingo, my jargon. I'm not uh-huh. I'm not healed yet. So, I'm going to still yeah. continue to do what you called me to do. I said, heal yet. Yeah. No, you yeah. know. So, yeah. that that told God, Lord, no, I'm still in expectation. I may not see it now, but I'm still in expectation of what you said you were going to do. I didn't blame, yeah. you know, my husband or anyone who prayed with me. Oh, you're, you know, you're not real. My healing, didn't mm-hmm. nothing. No, mm-hmm. I had a word and I held on to that word. Yeah. And so, uh, I began to, we, we still ministered. We would, me and my husband did marriage counseling. You know, we would go and, uh, you know, help, you know, do revivals. I'm on the altar. I'm praying, you know, everything, Uh everything the doctors told me not to do because my life was restricted. You know, I was told I couldn't. You continued to live. I continued to live. I didn't care. I said, okay, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die trying.
1: And
2: Lord, I thank And so yes, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. You know. And so
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, one day I, I had a, I had to go to the doctor and I'm like, oh, they're gonna tell me the aneurysm's gotten its big and they need me to they need to admit me to the hospital again. And so I'm at the I'm I'm laying on the table and they're doing the doing x-rays and do a CAT scan and everything. Well they do x rays first. And so, okay. she, and she's like, "Oh my God!" She and the lady is telling me how sorry she feels for me. Here, this is the radiologist. She's telling me how sorry she feels for me. And in my mind, I'm oh saying, "Why God. do you feel sorry for me? The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, I'm more That's than right. a conqueror through Jesus Christ, who strengthens me. Why are you sorry <laughs> for me? You know, <laughs> Jesus is no, my, you know, no, no, no. no, no. no, no. and I'm smiling, and because you know, no. I'm like, don't feel sorry for me. Rejoice with me, because healing okay. is, you know, healing is mine." And so uh, she said, I'm just so sorry. You know, you're so young and this never happens to people your age, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just so amazed that, you know, this happened to, you No prior health, health, anything. And then so she says, oh, my God, your aneurysm, it's it's gotten bigger. And I was just like, but I said, what? And I'm like, wait a minute. What? And so uh, I said, okay." You know, um, I'm not going to get discouraged. Yes. It's disappointing news, but I'm not going to get discouraged. Right. I'm still going to stand on the word of the Lord. And so then right. my husband, we went outside and we started joking and he gets out the tape measure, you know, and he says, huh? So is it this big? And we're laughing. I'm like, yeah, they said it was this big. And, you know, and we're, you know, just having some corny fun about it. Mm-hmm. So I get home and I said, Lord, you know, I trust you, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, and so it wasn't that, it wasn't until I said, Lord, well, even if you don't heal me, I know that you're still good. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and that was the hardest thing to say. Uh-huh. And so, uh, my husband, you know, I didn't understand at the time what was going on, uh, with him. And he, 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 he said, uh, you know, I knew God was could heal you, but at this point, I didn't know if he was going to. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: so um, I said, I'm not going to prepare it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to prepare to die. I'm going to prepare to live. And that's Mm going to continue to be my, 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 my motivation to keep going. I'm Mm -hmm. preparing to live. And so I was sleeping on the couch one day and the vascular surgeon calls me and I'm, and I know I'm expecting to hear this bad news because the radiologist already told me that the aneurysm has gotten bigger. And so he says, "Miss Green," and I said, "Yes, this is her." He said, "This is the vascular surgeon," and all of a sudden he's stuttering on the phone. Uh
1: huh.
2: He said, "Um, I um." He said, "Well, let, I don't, I don't know how to say this." He said, "But I no longer have to see you." Oh.
0: And I
2: Said, okay, what's going on? He said, well, I don't know what happened, but that aneurysm that aneurysm, is no longer there.
1: Wow! Now, <laughs> what was your response?
2: <laughs> I said, I said, no way! You know, it was kind of like <laughs> I said, no way! You gotta be kidding me! He goes, no, I'm not. And so I said, oh. I know who did it, and so yes. I'm screaming to the top of my lungs. I'm in the house. I'm dancing and I'm screaming to the house. You know, Lord, you're just so amazing. You know, I knew you were gonna do it. You know, I'm just yes. so thankful to you. And so I said, like, "Well, wait a minute. Let me get a second opinion." So I yes, to listen. Okay. To I go to a totally different hospital and have them do a CAT scan, not an X-ray, yes. but do a CAT scan. I want you to look. I yes. want you to look me up from head to toe.
0: Uh-huh. Because
2: when I present this miracle that you've done, Father, you're going to get so yeah. much
0: worry.
1: Yeah. And so
2: I went to another major hospital, trauma one hospital, that 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 knew my medical history. Yeah. And so I, I walked in there and they're like, oh my God. It's, it's, you know, they always knew me by the... They always called me the youngin'. The youngin' with the... English. Yeah.
0: Went and in there. Know.
2: They get did the cat scan. They came out and they were like, "There, there's no aneurysm." What happened? Wow. Can you tell wow. us what happened? Wow! So I went to go see my and I said, "Jesus, it's what happened." So yeah. I went to go see my primary doctor and they was like, "Margaret, this never happens. This is a miracle. This is a wow. miracle." And and I yes. and so I started to prophesy to my doctors. I said, "Listen." <laughs> <laughs> of it <laughs> while some issues are hereditary while some diseases are hereditary there are just some issues yes. that are connected to your heart and so if you yes. allow the Lord to fix your heart he'll fix your health yeah so
1: uh wow So, thank you God that's a ministering point right there for yes. the listeners yes <laughs> you would just allow God to fix your heart yes wow open me up here you go God
2: yes so if you allow the Lord to open you up, whatever issue that you're dealing with, whatever problem you may have, or if it's unforgiveness, even rejection, or if it's low self-whatever it is that's in your heart, abandonment that you're dealing with, allow the Lord come in and heal that. Whether it's you know, hurt, maybe you've been hurt in a relationship, or maybe you've been hurt in a family, or uh just others, period. Maybe you've been hurt in the church. You know, I understand what that feels like, you know. I was speaking in tongues 12 years old in a Baptist church, but at this time they didn't believe in speaking in tongues and told me, mm-hmm. and this is one of the reasons why I turned away and I had to, I had so much unforgiveness is because they told me speaking in tongues was considered demonic possessions. Wow. And they, really? Yes. And they told me I had a demon and they told me to never speak tongues again. And so when that feeling would come upon me, I had to suppress it really tight So it Mm. made me feel like not only was I not good enough, not only was I not pretty enough, but now I had a demon because I was speaking in tongues. And so I had to forgive them. I had to Uh thank that church
0: uh for
2: telling me that I had a demon, you know, when truly I was filled with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit at the
0: time. Yes.
1: Wow. Amazing. So then here, here you are, from, from abuse to teenage motherhood to having these two major illnesses and being healed, married now, woman of God, and now you have written this book, Speak Into Your Own Life.
2: Yes. Well, listen. Yes. So we didn't understand that words have. How- power and words have the power to change your life listen you are a product of what you speak about yourself even what you think about yourself and the lord dealt with me so uh strong about the words that i was speaking concerning my life and i know one of the things that got me through the healing process was the fact that i spoke a lot of life and i declared the works of the lord and i declared his promises over my life and even began to declare my purpose here in the earth you know, that it okay. will come forth and that it will manifest, you know, cause I, you understand, we understand that purpose can manifest in the ground. Mm-hmm. And so I said, Lord, no, I need purpose to manifest. The reason why you put me here on earth to manifest in the earth. I need to do what it is that you called me to do. And I can't do that in the ground. So I begin right. to write life. I begin to speak love. I begin to speak scripture. I begin to, I mean speak healing. And so this book, Focuses on um, uh, purpose. It focuses on speaking purpose into existence. It's, it focuses on breaking down word curses and it uh, negative think patterns and all of that. And it, I mean, it's amazing. It's been changing lives, and I mean, it's really been. Uh, I've been getting a lot of a, a lot of feedback from it. And so, but mainly, the core of the book is actually words that the Lord was speaking to me while I was in in that two years in that in that period of my life of okay. seeking the Lord. So I took what God said to me uh, as encouragement and inspiration, and I put those uh, in this thirty day devotional. And He says, and the, it was the Lord. He said, "Hey, I want you to pay it forward. The same okay. the same words I spoke to you." I want you to put it in this book and I want you to that way my words can transcend to everyone else that that, that reads this book because I want to activate purpose in the lives of those that I've called to rise up in this hour. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And it's, it's, it's been amazing. So
1: Amen. I'm so excited. Um, how can, how can my listeners find your book to purchase? So you can, you, the books are available
2: on Amazon, but I would, but go to my website at Um the, the books are there. Like I said, it's really been a blessing and I'm just amazed at what the Lord is doing. Uh, and I'm just amazed at all the, the testimonies that have come back from from purpose being activated, from uh, um, life being restored purpose being restored, renewed, you know, new ideas, new, just new everything. I'm just, I'm just really excited about what the Lord is doing through the book. So
1: I, I am going to post the link to your website under the descriptions of the podcast so that people will be able to find your website for the purchase of the book there. And, um, you know, The Moments of Joy podcast is really dedicated to those who have been through the storm of life, who have gone through traumatic situations and are seeking to rebuild their life. And your testimony just on so many levels wrapped around what what this is all about. I'm so excited because I know somebody's going to wake up at midnight and listen to this podcast (laughs) on some day even if it's next year, you know, and their life is going to be saved and changed and they're going to begin to be healed. They're going to begin to speak over their own life. And, and I'm just, I'm grateful and amazed. And I just want to, if you, if you have any last words of encouragement or anything that God has placed on your heart to, um, say to them outside of your testimony i just want to um, give you that free range to just flow because i believe in your gifting so i want to give you the four for that
0: amen
2: amen um i just i do want to encourage every listener out there that you have a purpose you know you you have a, there is a divine reason why you were placed here on earth and i just want to encourage encourage you to please discover that please don't sit on your gift you know don't allow fear in it fear and intimidation to lie to you and tell you that you don't have a purpose here on earth because you do, you know, don't allow fear to tell you, you can't step out and that you won't be successful. And the things that God has called you to do, I don't care if you're, you're dreaming really big, guess what? If you're dreaming big and people are laughing, that just means that, you know, whatever God has for you, is just great. But I want to challenge you today to step out on whatever it is, whatever that thing is that God has given you to do. I I just challenge you today to step out on that. I, you know, I just, I just feel like an uh, overwhelming anointing for purpose, for purpose today. You know, there Mm -hmm. are so many Mm -hmm. people looking and wanting to know and have a desire for their purpose, Lord, why am I here? And that yes. has been one of the ongoing questions of so many people across the world. But I I, I want to encourage you today that uh, the Lord is going to reveal that to you. And may, you know what? And most likely it's the thing that gets on your nerve the most or the thing that <laughs> continues to to bother you that, you, that you see a need for change. For it's the very thing that God has called you to do on, on this earth. And I just bless them for it. And I just believe that the Lord right now is activating purpose and the listeners, uh, that are listening today in the name of Jesus. And father, we thank you now, father, that purpose shall go forward. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, that they shall know who they are in you. Hallelujah. And father, we thank you for provision for the vision in the name of Jesus. Lord God, even when they begin to step out, God, that provision will be, uh, Provided, Father, that they won't have to worry about where the finances are coming from, Father, but that it will always— I'm sorry—that it will be provided for them. Yes, yeah, the so. people and the support in the name of Jesus grants, Father, in the name of Jesus, yeah. Father, Lord, we thank you right now, Father, we thank you for divine ideas in the kingdom for your
1: glory, thank you. in Jesus' name, thank you, Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Well, wow, I am blown away, <laughs> and I'm so thankful. Um, before we even press record, I just thank you for your humbleness. Um, just, you know, in dealing with you over the past week or two, um, I just thank God for who you are, and I just believe that who the person that you show in your interview is really the person that you are, um, because I, that's, you know, you're graceful. Uh, you have, you know, honor and mercy and you're humble and you're gifted. And I just thank you for gracing um, this podcast and being our very first guest. And I thank God that um, we got a chance to get to know you so here i'm in connecticut so now you do have east coast listeners and i'm sure that people begin to follow you <laughs> from all over and i think they've taken your name um across the globe awesome thank you so for having me up. you're welcome god bless you
0: and we will definitely be in touch awesome well okay. guys That's it for this week. That was a mouthful. So I hope you guys thoroughly enjoyed Margaret Green. You can go on to her website, www.iamkingdomcreated.com. Iamkingdomcreated.com. You guys, be encouraged this week. Focus on the joy. And I will see you next week with another special guest. Thank you so much for joining
1: us. Bye-bye.